Welcome to Stop Guessing, Start Knowing, a podcast and video blog by Talmetrics. Welcome everyone to Stop Guessing and Start Knowing. This is the Talmetrics vlog and podcast around thought leadership areas focused on the future of work, diversity, equity, and inclusion culture, and human capital analytics. We are a talent intelligence platform that focuses on humanizing data and being able to express the voice of the employee. Yuri Brown Cruzat is the Executive Vice President of Customer Success for Talmetrics, a leading talent, intelligence, employee feedback, and analytics technology company that humanizes data and provides strategic insights for organizations. Her responsibilities include managing advisory services while designing and enhancing the customer journey. Her team of human capital practitioners, IO psychologists and data scientists, design and deliver cutting-edge workplace data analytics, focused on leadership commitment, employee sentiment, and the future of work, allowing customers to leverage predictive analytics to meet and get ahead of changing workplace dynamics. Dr. Doretta Rhodes is in her fourth season with the Atlanta Braves after arriving in January 2019. She joined the organization as Senior Vice President of Human Resources before getting elevated to her current role, Executive Vice President and Chief People Capital Officer in January 2021. Dr. Rhodes, who oversees people capital initiatives for the organization's Major League, Minor League, and the Battery Atlanta operations, has left a lasting impact in her short time with the Braves. She has transformed the people capital department, expanded the culture of the organization with training programs and employee resource groups, and created an internal diversity, equity, and inclusion council. She also managed the organizational changes which became necessary due to the pandemic. And Doretta, please, please let us know who you are. Well, Yuri, it's very exciting to be here with you all. And you know, as we have embarked the Atlanta Braves and our partnership with Telmetrics, this is very special to me. It's interesting, when people ask me the question around being a chief culture officer, I have to stop for a minute and just explain because it really has to do with everything that touches mm -hmm an organization and what it looks like from a culture perspective. So I actually support what we call people capital, which is human resources, community, um, our community efforts and all of our community initiatives across the, um, the city and within our footprint within the Atlanta Braves, the Atlanta Braves Foundation and corporate communications. So everything that I have the opportunity to have a footprint in, it has to do with how people feel, relate and understand with our brand. So I'm very excited to be here to talk to you about that. The other question that people typically ask me, how long have I been with the Braves? And yes. it's been four seasons. We don't do it by years. Right, it's I, always seasons in sports. <laughs> I always I started in 2019 and um, it was right before the pandemic. And so I've had a very interesting ride in terms of what we've dealt with from 2019 to 2022. So I'm glad to be here to just talk. Absolutely. And, and we feel absolutely blessed to be able to support you, especially coming off of a winning World Series. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, right? So how do you translate that winning on the field? How do you translate that winning culture across the Atlanta Braves enterprise? 
So, you know, that's a really interesting question. And if you think about it, if, any go, if anybody goes back and reflects on what that year looked like for the Atlanta Braves, what you would have seen and what you saw was mid-season, we weren't even at 500. We mm -hmm. had lost Acuna at that point in time to an injury, knowing that he wasn't coming back for the season. And so the whole concept around what was going on with the Atlanta Braves, people just didn't see us as getting to that next level. And I think... Mm -hmm. What happened and I what I like to do is parallel what happened on the field and what happens within our organization is that Alex Anthopoulos our general manager took a look at our talent and he made some really incredible moves for us to be able to have a winning team for the back half of the year so when I think about when you talk about having a winning team it has nothing to do with actually winning at the time what it has to do with how you bring people together how you create a culture with every, which everyone feels like they are moving towards something. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. And so we began to gain momentum. And as we're gaining momentum, we're doing the same thing within the organization. We've done some stunning things, I would have to say, in terms of our areas of our community work, our foundation, our diversity, equity, and inclusion, and engagement of our, of our employees. And so I think when you start talking about that, that's the same thing that you saw that also paralleled on the field. Right. You assess the talent, you rearranged it, you, you directed it toward your North Star, which is fantastic. Um, how did data play a role in that in helping you to sort of, you know, really look at the talent mix and know how to create that winning culture inside the organization? I think that's so critical because I think you're able to tell a story with metrics. And I know when I would go in and work with our senior leaders and our executive leaders, my conversation around engagement, X interviews, which I know is a lag, um, it's a lag data point, but it is a data Helpful. point that's very critical for you to understand what are the things you still need to focus on. Mm -hmm. The other things that we were able to look at too is how we were performing in our performance metrics around the organization and what that looked like and where we were trending. So all of these gave the ability to tell a story. And it was a very different story than what you typically hear with just finance. It was a story to talk about relative to our staff, our leaders, what we needed to focus on. And so what we found is that we needed to do a lot more listening. Hence the reason we engaged with Telmetrics and did an engagement survey. We also realized in doing the listening that we also needed to not only listen, but take action. And so that's so critically important. And I will tell you, we are still in that journey. And that's a journey I think all leaders and organizations continue to go through. What I consider it is a continuous feedback loop. So as that's long right. as you do this continuous feedback loop, it gives you the opportunity to adjust, to pivot, to do things that you need to do. And when you talk about what we experienced in 2020, that's exactly what we did. And so I think because we were so well-versed in that, it really was important for us to do that moving forward. Right. You know, when we think about just even the last two years, so that everything that everyone has had to deal with, the pandemic, you know, social unrest, um, people really not necessarily knowing if they're going to be at work you know, physically or, you know, right. these hybrid work environments, you know, return to office has just been, you know, all over the place. There's no, there's no precedent for any of this, you know? So when you think about all these things that you've had to contend with, how did you determine what success looks like, you know? And Oh my gosh. I, I think when you begin to talk about success, 
I think that changes, right? I think that the one thing that you have to be really in tune to is what's happening both within the organization, environmentally, and I think the conversation of success shifts and changes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we can easily say, oh my gosh, we, we have become successful because we won the World Series. But I think even prior to that, there was work that we were doing that supported what we could continue to say that success looked like. Mm-hmm. And so I can't say to you, actually, Yuri, that, oh, success is this, this, and this. No, that's fair. What I can say, though, is that the mindset of success has to do with you looking and understanding, again, pivoting when you when you have to. I'll give you a perfect example. And I shamelessly tell people, or shamefully, I don't know which word we should use, that I've been in human resource and the body of human resource for 20 plus years. I won't go any further. <laughs> and in doing so, 2020 was the first year that I took into account the importance of mindfulness That's right. and what that and, and, and actually mental health for our organization and for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so because of that. I had to take a very different inflection point to make decisions around how do we support our organizations and our leaders when individuals were dealing to what you said, you're now working from home where you may not have ever done that. And not only are you working from home, you're homeschooling, you may have elderly care, you've got all of these things that are happening. And it took me to see that and understand there were other things that we needed to really do that was focusing on mental health. And I can't say to you that I focused on that in my career before. So to me, that's an example of when you start talking about success, that we had enough forethought to say, we have to stop where we are, make a different decision and pivot so that we can support our organization in a very positive way. No, that's really critical because, um, you know, the Edelman Trust Barometer was talking about the different institutions that people and workers interact with in terms of where they trust, where do they feel safe? And when they look at where they get their information, their media outlets, their um, the institutions that they interact with and engage with, engage with, employment and their employer was still the most trusted institution that people deal with. They come to work every day. We spend so much time at work, right? So that level of engagement was necessary for organizations, I think, to pivot and change to say, gosh, we've got to look at more than just what our employees produce. We have to think about the whole person. Right, right. And what they're contributing, you know, completely and holistically. So, Dorada, when you think about having won a world championship, I mean, that's a huge milestone in someone's professional career. What now becomes like the new goal? You know, that's such, I mean, that's such a huge milestone. It's like everyone is so focused on making sure they, they get to win the World Series. And so now that you've done it, how does that now impact the next set of goals or the new North Star for the Braves? So in, in the world of baseball, it is a new season. So we <laughs> win the World Series again. And it's so funny. I had this amazing conversation with um, one of the leaders that's in another ball club. And he was talking about when they had won and they were, they continue to strive to win every single year. And that doesn't necessarily happen every single year. But this is the one, of the one of the things that our leaders have done and I think has been an amazing, an amazing attribute to them is that the conversation has been, we are world champions. 
So what we need to do is make sure we show up as world champions. And that is around operational excellence. And that is around how do we engage not only with our fans, but with our corporate sponsors and, and with one another. And so that has really been to kind of, kind of coin the conversation around the North Star that the conversation has been around. What has been helpful from my perspective is that no one is confused. Like you're not confused mm -hmm. about the work and what happened for us to win the World Series. And I will tell you what I think was so poignant when we did our ring ceremony. So what we did is not only did our players get rings, but all of our staff got World Series rings. Oh, as well. wow, that's right. And so we did a ceremony for them. It was an amazing ceremony. It went through the whole entire story of the ring because when you look at our world championship ring it tells the story of jack peterson it has a pearl on it it has rubies with all of the nine home runs that we did in the series it has the field where it shows 44 for hank aaron so it's it's a really great showpiece and story of the atlanta braves not just for that season but for what we think and feel is our legacy. And so when we did the ceremony, one of the persons that came out was our general manager. And what he said was so fulfilling for everyone that was in that room. And what he said is that we couldn't have won the World Series without any of you all sitting in here, that this was a collective team effort. And it was not only how it was played, on the field, but everything that happened in the front office and and in the um and in what everybody ended up doing, and so I think that speaks to loudly for people to understand you are part of something that is a legacy, and that you are part of excellence, and you need to show up like that every single time you walk or step foot into our offices, into the ballpark, into anything that's associated with the Atlanta Braves. Right. And, you know, I, by helping and supporting your diversity, equity, and inclusion work, we were able to see that, that teamwork and collective efficacy were really your most highest scoring, you know, feedback on your data, because everyone really believes in the mission of the Braves. Yeah. And that's an, that's an exceptional space to be in, that everyone collectively knows that they can actually be, uh, have a championship culture. So when we think about the next phase of championship culture, I'm just curious, you know, how might that look? I mean, what pivots or changes are leaders having to do now and change to try to do this repeat? You know, I've, I came, I just lived in Chicago 27 years and we had the, you know, the Bulls always talked about the repeat, the three-peat, you know. So I'm curious, you know, like what's the strategy for the repeat? So that's a great question. So I think what we are talking about is, what did we do the back half of the year to make that type of impact mm -hmm. and to make that type of difference where we became a winning ball team? And I think that what we take along with that is everything that went into that. It was not just the games we won, but it was the games we lost. Mm -hmm. It was one of those, you know, it's, it's playing the tapes and understanding where did we make mistakes? Where do we need to rethink things? We did the same thing and are doing the same thing within our organization around what did we do very well and what are the things that we really need to take a look at and do differently. I will tell you that the engagement survey really helped us as well. So the feedback that we've gotten, it has given us, I love to say, 
basically a roadmap of those things that we need to really consider. So those things that we've done well, we want to say we want to become exceptional. And those things that we got constructive feedback about, we really want to make sure let's become intentional around how we shift, how we pivot, how we do it differently. Because what happens is that if you don't, if you don't begin to look at your tapes, look at what you've done, look at what was not successful, it's, hard, it's easy to get caught up and say, oh, I won. But you're not looking at those things that truly got you there. And by the way, could have possibly had you listen and, and, and looked at those other things could have gotten you there in a very different way. So we're definitely looking at our tapes, understanding what that is, listening and making sure that we're making those shifts and those pivots where they need to happen. Absolutely. And you know, it's interesting. I love that. I, I'm going to steal that shamelessly um, because a lot of organizations don't look at their tapes, right? Yeah. They go through day to day and day to day culture is built by these day to day interactions. Yeah. And as people have an intention for inclusion, when they look at the tape, the tape shows something very different. Oh, you know? oh yes. You know, it's <laughs> it, shows, it, shows the it shows errors. It shows missed balls, right? It shows small yeah. tips. It yeah. shows a lot of stuff, right? That yeah. is just not going well to win the game. And I think that's what organizations are missing sometimes is that those data insights, because you can have data all day long, right? Yeah. Just like you can have bats and balls and players all day long. That's right. There is a strategy until there is a plan until there is consistency and execution and intention, it really doesn't matter. You've just yeah. got players on the field. That is exactly right. And you know, another one of those things that I think is a really good kind of um, warning measure is your performance reviews, your goals. How are you performing against love? So if I take it off the field, looking at your tapes looks like those type of things that I just mentioned. Doing one-on-one -on -one feedback sessions with your, with, your with your peers and with your team and having a continual conversation around how things are happening and what's working and what makes sense and what isn't working and what doesn't make sense, right? That's, that's and so right. I think we, we have... We, we continuously have an opportunity to do that. I will say to you that my executive team, and this goes back kind of my journey of being with the Atlanta Braves, and I have been, I have to say that they have graciously accepted every new thing I, I have said that I wanted us to do. They have graciously accepted, you know, the conversations around how we need to look at business differently for our people and how we need to tap into talent in a different way. And so for me, I have been blessed to have that level of leadership and support in the work that we're doing because that doesn't necessarily happen all the time. And so I think for me, the candor and the, the actual transparency that I have the opportunity to have with each one of my leaders has been actually a breath of fresh air for me in terms of being able to have the right conversations at the right time. And we've had to have them. I think, I think us catapulting into the things that happened in 2020 and the fact that we dealt with social injustices and we were dealing with the pandemic and we were dealing with health issues, it really found individuals in a place of either having a fear of a conversation or not knowing what to say because it was so difficult because none of us have gone through a pandemic before. Right. And so one of the things that I, I attribute to our ability to shift and pivot is that our leaders really took a listen and they really genuinely 
wanted to know. And as a result of that, it has truly allowed individuals to feel like that we are a culture that cares. That's not to say, Yuri, that there weren't tough decisions that had to be made. Absolutely. It's just to say that the conversations are happening. And I have my favorite author, Susan Scott, on Fierce Conversations and how she talks about how important, like the relationship is the conversation. Mm -hmm. And for you to be able to continue to cultivate that, that is what I think we did a tremendous job in between 20 and now. Right. And I think the way that you're able to have that, Doretta, is because you've created a culture of psychological safety. Yeah. And that and that's something that I think that organizations, you know, again, if they're looking at their tape in terms of <laughs> their talent, right? And if they look and they really review it, have they done those four stages of psychological safety? Because that's the stuff we have to measure, because that's the stuff that matters. We have to measure what matters. Right, right. And if people don't feel inclusion safety, if they don't feel contributor right. safety, if they don't feel learner safety, you know, the ability to actually ramp up to learn, if they don't feel uh, challenger safety, they're not going to speak up so that you really understand the sentiment of what's actually happening. Because I will tell you, those, those key drivers, you know, looking at the tape and understanding the key drivers of the culture is tantamount to the success of the organization. Yeah. Absolutely it is. So I um, I have just loved talking with you, sis. It's been wonderful, you know. Any parting words that you'd like to share? Any tips, you know, for those of, for those of us who are in chair, who have been in chair before at the Chief Human Resource Officer level, what, what would you give, you know, what insight would you provide? So what I would say, because one of the things that I, that I too am having to work on for myself is give yourself grace. Oh. Like a lot, the work that we're doing is not a, a one and done. No. It is not something that is easy to do. We're having tough conversations. We're making, we're making very specific decisions about people and we are impacting them. And with that comes emotion. With that comes all of those things that come together. And I think oftentimes we as people leaders, whether it's HR, whether you support a team, whether you support an organization, we oftentimes are really hard on ourselves. I think we need to give ourselves grace. And I think giving ourselves the grace, we need to continue to persevere <laughs> and show up every single day so that we can encourage those individuals that we are leading and that are looking to us to have support from what we are providing. Right, I would agree. You know, I I see us now as you know, chief people officers is that we help to find the signal in the noise. That's what we say at Telmetrics is that we want to create a space where data helps you to find that signal in the noise because it's a lot swirling right now, especially for people leaders and also for human capital professionals. So um, we thank you for your time today. We will keep you in thought and prayer as you all get into the new season of the repeat <laughs> and that everything is kicking off. And just thank you so much for the for the blessed opportunity to be able to support your workplace culture. We so are glad to be here. Thank you, Yuri. This was wonderful. Thank you.